music show of your favorite pop stars hey hey what's going on everybody thanks for tuning in to pop muse the pop music trivia show of your favorite stars and for those new to the program we scour the internet and find less known facts about these icons in music and as usual we like to see if you know as much as you think you know about your favorite stars in music. I'm your host, TJ Reed, and I've got with me Yoon Chi in the studio. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, TJ? <laughs> and today I want to introduce a really special musician that I grew up listening to for actually the past couple of decades. Very special mm. musician. He's got kind of a pop rock or some people would say sob rock kind of style. Sob rock. Sob rock. So, like emotional rock. <laughs> I guess you could say that. Make people cry. Yeah, yeah. So it definitely has that appeal. A little bit of a neo-blue sound to mm. him. So really like his style. And I'm hoping, and I think that you probably know who he is. And to our listeners out there, I'm sure you've heard his name before. So who you got for us today? So the musician, he's not my personal favorite musician. Okay. But I have just so many friends who are into music and they idolize his singing skills. Okay. So he's, he's a great vocalist. All right, all right. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to hear his story and some of his music. But before we get started, just a quick disclaimer, guys. The info that we share on the program is all internet-based. It's not impervious to error, okay? Sometimes links may be a little outdated, and of course, record sales and accolades are constantly changing, so bear with us on any mistakes on the show. So, now that I've got that out of the way, let's get right to it. Fact number one. So, according to superstarsbio.com and also Wikipedia, this star's inspiration for playing the guitar was mostly inspired by Marty McFly's John B. Good performance in the epic film Back to the Future. And this is back in the 80s. When he was 13, he became addicted to the guitar and his dad rented one for him and his brother. I think is it? Yeah, I think it's really interesting with um, with films, man. Films have so much influence on people. And um, apparently for this star, this is... The, and I've seen the scene... And it's uh, for me, it was memorable because of how crazy he went with the guitar in I that thought, scene. I thought Back to the Future is a sci-fi movie. It kind of is, but it's kind of a family movie. It's also a comedy. It's got a guitar and, in it. But there was a scene where he was playing the guitar and he just went crazy with it and started, you know, it got really electric. Mm. And so I think that was the inspirational part that might have made this um, artist feel like hey you know what i'd like to do that i'd like to be this guy on the stage and i think that makes sense it's usually when you see somebody shining with a skill that yeah. makes you want to pick up this skill as well it's it could be a musician on the stage yeah, yeah. Or, or that plot from the movie as well yes i agree i i watched a, and for me there was this film called sister act and I, hey, it was kind of it's uh, with whoopi goldberg and she was kind of pretending to be a nun at this uh school and she was teaching some of the kids right. there how right. to sing and stuff like that. that and one. that was a really cool movie when I saw that. And uh, it actually um, launched a career of uh, Lauren Hill, which was a famous um, R&B singer back in the 90s. 
And um, that was, um, yeah, it kind of inspired me to want to either join a choir or start singing because it was just the music there was totally epic. Or to and, be a nun. <clears throat> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Not, not sure I could pull that off, but but yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, Wayne's World was another one. I mean, this is for like the rockers, people who were heavily into rock. Wayne's World was pretty hot back in the, the 90s and Recently, they made another one called Begin Again, and I'm not sure if you've seen that movie, but not really. That kind of had a, a depiction of the musicians, the up and coming musicians' lifestyle, which I thought was really, really cool. So, okay, for me, I think it's the other way around. I think before I got interested in music, I never really paid attention to the music in the movies, okay. but. After I got interested, I started to notice, like, oh, this tune, this mm. this background music is really good. Oh, okay. And most of the time, it's Christopher Nolan's movies. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. right. Is that the uh, the the Bourne identity in the Bourne movies? All right, like uh, Prestige, uh, Interstellar. Mm. Okay, okay, yeah. got it, got it. All right, Dunkirk as well. Mm. All right. Mm. So moving right along with some more of these facts, so. Evidently, this star got really focused on uh, music, so focused that his parents took him to a psychiatrist to make sure that he was okay. And of course, the doctor said that he was perfectly healthy. But just the fo- the kind of focus that he had, it looked like he just kind of drew away from everything and just focused on that. And according to a 2012 Rolling Stone interview, this artist used to suffer from really severe panic attacks. And that kind of drove him to worry whether or not he was going insane. So he used to... Himself worried or his parents? He used to get himself worried about... uh, Because, I mean, if you've ever experienced a panic attack, your heart rate elevates, you know, and all kinds of things happen to your body and you start worrying whether or not you you might be losing your mind. So... Yeah, I wonder that what- happened after a, for a period of time, and that was triggered by probably the 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 fights between his his parents. There was a time where they were fighting uh, quite a lot, Traumatized. so he would kind of like pull himself away from that and just focus on his music. You know, mm. so I wonder I th- what are the occasions that he has these panic attacks. Mm. It's tough to say, man. I mean, when it comes to uh, stress, when you have an accumulation of stress, that's where panic attacks kind of strike out. And so when the when it happens, your mind does all kinds of things. Some people, it's like a blank out. No, some people can experience uh, like a, have like an out of body like experience oh, where they're kind of right. they see themselves. It's like um, your soul spirited away. I I don't know. I've never had one, so I can't really speak on it. But just from what I've read, that's kind of an experience, and just people not being able to breathe, and of course their heart has some problems and stuff like that. So when this starts happening, you start to feel like there's something wrong with you, which even triggers more anxiety in that moment. So, yeah, panic attacks are no fun. But I think that from his music, I could tell that. Maybe he draws a lot of uh, the pain from, you know, his music. Or I can hear the blues and the, the sadness in his music from... Later. Yeah, later in, in his works. So, yeah, really interesting there. And uh, moving on to fact number two. And this is according to Factinate. And this is a an online database for uh, facts about stars. He wrote his first lyrics while he was in the hospital. Apparently, he had more issues with his health when he was 17. He had something called cardiac arrhythmia or Mm. dysrhythmia. 
and he spent a week in the hospital and that was where he wrote his lyrics for his first song and when he left the hospital he became pretty much a songwriter he started writing his own music so again that experience of being uh you know incapacitated you know possibly not were not knowing whether he was going to recover he got deep into himself and wrote some music so that's kind of an interesting way to to get involved in the world of music when you say <laughs> i guess maybe you when you're lying on the hospital beds you got a lot of time to kill yeah and if if you're not sure how your health is going to uh, pan out oh right you might feel like yeah, like uncertainty of your fate yeah creating this music with mystery exactly uncertainty and there's certain songs that i can think of right now that might reflect this time in his life when hmm. he was speaking on probably some of this uh uncertainty with his life so he's often yeah really interesting there moving right along he goes to college at the the renowned berkeley college of music in 1997 and we've heard a lot about this uh, yeah school. right but according to factinate he was urged by his college friend to leave school after two semesters and he did so he didn't sp he didn't stay very long there and they went to atlanta and did a formed a two-man band called lofi masters and these guys would perform and in, in bars and different uh venues for uh you know for exposure And that's I think that that's kind of interesting. You know, you get this opportunity to go to a music school, but you abandon it. And then you just go and you just I guess I would say in this context, it's kind of like winging it. You don't know if you're if you have what it takes, but you just go and you do it and you just start performing live and you live the life of a musician but you don't have the the educational like background to back yourself up. Right. I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, you have you've been on the road a little bit yourself, right? <laughs> And it's like, did you go yeah. to school to learn these things? I mean, if you have a lot of passion, do you think that's all you need or do you need like an educational component to be someone great in music? Personally, mm. up until today, I haven't spent a penny. <laughs> And if any of our listeners plays guitar, you yeah. know there's this great guitarist from Australia, Tommy Emmanuel. Mm. He's one of the greatest guitarists in our time. And even today, he's already got this fame and this great skill in playing guitar. He still couldn't read the five lines of the, the music script. Okay. Still couldn't read them. So he can't read music at all. He's kind of self-taught. Yeah, but he just play plays by ear. the tunes that's coming out from his heart. Okay. Moving on a little bit more about this artist. Evidently, this star has had quite a bit of issues with regards to his health. And though sometimes it could be a source of inspiration, it could also incapacitate your career for a while as well. But this star was um, diagnosed with some tissue inflammation in his vocal cords. And oh, that's was, bad for a musician. Yeah, that's pretty bad. And it was known as called gran, granuloma, if I'm pronouncing that right. And so for a couple of years, he kind of took a hiatus from music. And this was back in 2011. So for those fans that are listening in, hmm. they might be drawing a closer picture to who this person is. But definitely by this next fact, and this is fact number three. This star has quite an impressive lineup of exes. Okay. Yes. And and this is where he probably gets a lot of public Not that surprising. Yeah, probably gets a lot of public scrutiny from a lot of people because, you know, it's your your private life should be you should try or at least attempt 
to keep it private. But for some stars, okay, according it's to, the opposite. He's the opposite. A lot of people, he wants a lot of people to know who he's dating and how things have worked out. So this star is never married, but has been romantically involved with. Jennifer Love Hewitt, who was a famous star in the 90s. Jessica Simpson, who's also a famous uh, musician. Uh, Minka Kelly, Jennifer mm. Aniston from Friends, and uh, Taylor mm. Swift, and Katy Perry. So he's okay. dated all of these ladies. Not only that, in 2010, he gave a very now infamous interview with Playboy where he kissed and told. So this was oh, wait, well, kiss and told. Yeah, well, kiss and tell. I mean, this is where you um, you date somebody and you speak on it very publicly. Okay, so you, you know, brag about you your brag about it. Your you even sometimes open up about some of the intricate details of your relationship. Maybe even maybe not intricate, interpersonal, <laughs> and maybe even sexual. I mean, you talk about this publicly and openly, and this is what you would call kiss and tell and it's kind of oh. a big no-no not just in the the celebrity world but just on a human-to-human basis the normal people don't do this too i think much. that's annoying it's it's kind of a low and blow it, right? and embarrassing for very low blow yes and so on this interview he he spoke of uh jessica simpson and he said that um you know, he spoke a, a little bit about their private life their bedroom life and he called her sexual napalm for the entire world to hear napalm yeah what's a napalm napalm it's actually a flammable substance used for like making bombs, but in this context, it's a drug that you're addicted to of some sort. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And obviously after that, it was curtains for the relationship. Oh, so it was during when they were dating? Uh, reportedly, yeah. I guess they were like on and off at that time. So I was picturing like after they broke up, then they he went public talking about those details. No, no, no. That was not his style. But also with uh, Jennifer Aniston, when that relationship was over, I think it was the same interview. He spoke that he was the one that broke up with her and, you know, shared some details about their relationship. And so... Something else. It's just like uh, wow. You I, know, I, not, I, it's for a lot of people when they heard that it was just like unbelievable that somebody would do that, especially on a public, you know, stage, yeah. public platform where everyone can hear. And yeah, the, the story goes on. I mean, when this individual dated uh, Taylor Swift, she kind of gave him a little bit of his own medicine. Actually, uh, she actually made some songs about. I him. can imagine. I was thinking that yeah, already. Yeah. She kind of battled back. She made a song about him, and and that was uh, something that he didn't like very much. He actually responded quite uh, bitterly, and said that you know he felt humiliated. And oh, first that, time for him to yeah. feel the same way as those axes. <laughs> right. He said that it was a really lousy thing for her to do and did he after that incident did he think about like his past behaviors like mm, mm, you know, because the, the I think the list yeah. ended with Taylor Swift and they, and then <laughs> Katy Perry sounds like uh, Taylor Swift Taylor Swift gave him a lesson I think so I mean again I, I don't follow this star that closely to where I'm you know catching up on all of his uh you know, latest um, scandals in the uh, in the media, but I just know that um, it's a growing process, just for for uh, all the of list us. goes on. And uh, I don't think I don't know. I think from I mean, you don't you hear less of his dating life mm. these days. So that might have been a situation where he might have grown. And yeah, I think now focuses more on music instead of 
getting his personal life out in the open. I think so. he needs to rethink about like uh, because I think what happens even not even for a celebrity, even yeah. if you're just an ordinary person, right? What happens within the bedroom stays within the bedroom, right? Right, right. That's you don't go out, you don't go out and brag about it. Yes. So. Yes, that is, uh, and that's something that this, unfortunately, is a big part of this star's uh, legacy. Hmm. And I think that is, but it's changing because, again, this person has stepped out of that type of uh, exposure and has, you know, d- dwelled back into his music. All right. So, yeah, I think that brings me to the end of the facts that I'm going to give you. So, if you had to guess who you think this person is, and I know without a doubt. The fans out there definitely know who I'm referencing in this episode, especially when I reference the sob rock genre. <laughs> sob rock. <laughs> hmm. And that's kind of a new term. I think it's kind of coined just for him as well. You know, he's, he's also considered the bad boy of right, pop. Right, because normally rock make your head shake, right? But <laughs> the, the, his, his rock make your, te- make your tears come out, right? <laughs> yeah, more or less. So who do you think? I think my only clue... <laughs> It's his relationship with Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know Rock that's dated Taylor Swift before, and I personally actually really love this musician's work. Uh-huh. And two of my favorite songs from him are Gravity. <laughs> it's working against me. Right? And the other one being Slow Dance in the Burning Room. Slow dancing in a burning room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is this guy? Wait, I'm actually forgetting his name. Oh, John Mayer. John Mayer. Is this guy John Mayer? Oh, let's hear what the judges have to say. Yes, sir. <laughs> Looks like you're on a good streak these days. You're getting well, these stars right. <laughs> it's only two streaks, barely enough to be called to be called a streak. <laughs> but yes, John Mayer is wow. an American singer, songwriter, guitarist, and record producer. He's famous for his guitar skills, yes. artistic pursuit of classy pop rock songs, yes. and he has earned major chart success in the U.S. and in other countries. He's a winner of seven Grammy Awards, and Time Magazine applauded him for his vigorous voice texture and emotional fearlessness and most of his albums are commercially successful and have been accredited as multi-platinum yeah my favorite album from this musician was uh room for squares that was the one that was mainly acoustic Hmm. but had some um you know uh some jazz kind of jazzy bluesy kind yes of, um, i would say it's mostly bluesy it. yeah and then um heavier things was a you know an expansion upon that and continuum is probably his most notable work and yeah the song that you mentioned earlier gravity and uh slow right. dancing the running room all from that continuum album very um, amazing guitarist Eric Clapton, who's also a famous hmm. uh, guitarist, right. uh, quoted him as being a master guitarist. So yeah, I, w- I would categorize his live performances as very soulful. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I got a couple of my favorite songs from him, and one of them is from the Room for Squares album, and the other is from the Continuum album as well. First up, I got No Such Thing, followed by. Slow dancing in a burning room. Check it out. Mm-hmm. 
drama queens I'd like to think the best of me Is still hiding up my sleeve I love to tell you Stay inside the lines But something's better On the other side
gonna try to draw How dare you say it's nothing to me Baby, you're the only light I ever saw I make the most of all the sadness You'll be a bitch because you can You'll try to hit me just to hurt me So you leave me feeling dirty Cause you can't understand We're going Slow Dancing in a Burning Room by John Mayer. Love his music, love his voice, love the feeling. I mean, this song, Very I, could just, powerful. I could just imagine two people slow dancing and, you know, the building that, or the house that they're in. Collapsing. Their, their house of memories burning down. is burning and collapsing. And they're just poised and calm, just locked into each other's eyes and just dancing, even though they will probably won't make it out of that building alive. They don't intend to. And they don't intend to. So like romance at the end of the world. So not only was the song beautiful, but just the title and just the imagery around it was just... Powerful. Yeah. So let's move on to your musician, Yun Chi. <laughs> A little bit <laughs> more, more lighthearted, right? Right. <laughs> right. Who you got? Oh, okay. So this musician, I'm going to just jump right into fact number one. All right. Okay. Let's do it. This musician, he was convinced by a bank to invest in Lehman Brothers. Oh, 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 oh. What, what year was this? 2008. <laughs> oh, no. Right before we the all, financial crisis. We all know what happened with that. And uh, it's not any other company. It's Lehman Brothers. <laughs> Only Lehman Brothers. <laughs> yeah, and words on the street. He suffered significant loss. I bet. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Man, that's a really unfortunate fact. But you know what? I, I mean, for I think for fans out there, it would probably be a little bit hard to figure that out because you got a lot of people that you know do that in two thousand and eight. All right, that have lost a lot of money, and just celebs in general that have lost like lots of money. You know, Donald. We all know Donald Trump. Mm. And this apparently he's you know had six uh, companies that went bankrupt at least during two thousand and eight. Uh, well, in general, it's it's spread out. You know, uh. not just in two thousand and eight and 2009 but just you know mike tyson he's another guy who had a fortune from his fights and lost a lot of his money um nicholas cage i mean you know I mean, he's a huge <laughs> hollywood star but you know bad investment so it's no it's not unusual for you know stars to 
make some bad calls when it comes to investment and money. And, but it's the comeback. That's what counts the most, right? Right. That's why in the Chinese stock market, we have, that, we have this line that comes with stock market. It says, So it says, stock market is risky. If you want to get in, <laughs> You need to be cautious. <laughs> That's like a disclaimer, like before you get involved. Huh? <laughs> like warning, you can lose all your money, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's just like those sayings on the pack of cigarettes, right? <laughs> Cigarette is bad for your health. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think that shows responsibility. <laughs> But actually, later in 2013, this musician in a talk show, he talked about that his investment in Lehman Brothers... <laughs> Only accounted for a very small portion of his investment portfolio. Okay. And it was exaggerated by the press. Okay, okay. Well, I guess that disclaimer helped, right? He was smart. He read it. Yes. When he was about to put down one billion investment, he saw that alert. Okay. <laughs> right? Okay, that was fact number one. Number two. So many of these musicians' friends have described him as a very loyal friend. And okay. In the year 1997, do you remember? Do you recall any big events? Uh, not really. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, not the not, nothing that comes to my mind. Yeah, but for Chinese, that was a big year because that's the year the British Hong Kong was oh. given back. Control right. to the People's Republic of China. Yeah, yeah. Right. And in that year, this musician's one of his friends is called Mr. Ke, and Mr. Ke, who happens to be a stunt actor, to celebrate this coming back of Hong Kong to China, mm -hmm. he was going to pull off a very risky move. Oh, no. So, so what, what do you mean? <laughs> what, what, how risky? Like, what was, it, what, is it, what was he trying to do? His a big task was that he was going to drive a car and fly across Yellow River. Wait, wait. So, the Yellow River, this is not... Fly? You mean, like, jump? Take a car and jump over? Yeah, the, fly uh, over the river. What, in a car? In a car. Well, the Yellow River is kind of big, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's like uh, 55 meters long. 55 meters long. Or in wide. A, in a yeah. car. Wow. Uh, 55 meters wide. Wide. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interesting. And, okay, so how does this musician play into this uh, stunt? Oh, right. So... Because this, this is a daredevil, right? I mean, it right. sounds like he may not survive this. Uh. Yeah, this friend is a stunt actor, and he was going to do this. He actually didn't have enough money mm. to pull off to to pull this off, and he actually sold his own house. He sold his house to do it. This such a risky move, and this musician, he sponsored him. Wow! To finish to accomplish this task. And on the day for this guy, this stunt actor making this move, it was it actually happened to. Did be he survive? <laughs> yes, that's okay. my first question. Spoil spoiler alert: He survived, <laughs> but that day was actually very windy, oh, so it man. took him three tries to finally make make it across. Wow. And he survived the other two failed attempts? I mean, I'm imagining a, a car going way up in the air and then crashing into the ground. Uh, they or have into protection. The, or into the water. Yeah, they have protection on the other side of so the that So that's, that's where the funding comes into play, right? I guess if he didn't <laughs> have the right funding, then he would have went right into the oh, river. Oh, yeah, they probably need a, <laughs> need a state-of-the-art protection gears. <laughs> 
Okay, so yeah, I guess it's nice to have a, a celebrity for a friend because you could have the right funding to catch you when you fall. <laughs> <laughs> catch you with a, a huge pile of money. Um, oh, man. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Right. And also, the, there, there's this movie that's showing in China the past few weeks. It's called Anita. So Anita Mui was a very famous... Oh, famous uh, singer, uh, right? Singer from Hong Kong. Mm. And after she passed away, actually her big brother told the press that this musician secretly paid most of the medical expenses for her. Wow. Loyal friend it is. Okay, so yeah, he's... he's um, yeah, it sounds like he's a bit of a, a philanthropist, just kind of donating and helping people from different... Yeah, for friends. Yeah, wow. Okay. Huge respect. Okay, fact number three. This is a funny one. <laughs> Online, people give him the nickname as the kryptonite for fugitives. <laughs> kryptonite for fugitives. fugitives. I don't follow you on that one. You might have to elaborate. Because Fugitives uh, are criminals, right? Yeah, outlaws, criminals. Okay. Yeah, because his concerts attracted wanted criminals in China to purchase tickets and to watch his concerts in person. Wow. That that makes me wonder the content of his music. I mean, what is you're, he singing about? Rap, right? <laughs> <laughs> but for all I for all I know, he's not a rapping artist. Yeah, but so why why um, is it? What is it about his message that attracts not just uh, you know casual listeners, but you said fugitives or wanted criminals. fugitives, outlaws, right? But I'm gonna give you the background information a little more on this first. So it, during his concert in 2018, and there were over 30 outlaws. Well, the number the number varies. I've been checking different sources. Some people, some places say 46. Some people say 60, even 80. But how do they know these guys were going to show up? Like, who tipped off the police? And, I mean, was he in on this whole thing? Did he know, like, yeah, I'm going to make this concert to, like, lure in these guys so we can arrest them? Or It's, it's actually, so, for, when you go to these concerts in China, there's you need to buy the tickets with your personal ID. Uh-huh. And that's the information, where the information tipped off the police. Oh, that's not very smart at all. I mean, these guys yeah, could yeah. get somebody to buy them a ticket <laughs> and then just give it to them. And yes, and this, so this. Wait, wait this, was he involved in this? I mean, if that's, that, that, that's a fan, whether this guy's a criminal or a fugitive <laughs> or whatever. He loves my music. He listens to me. And I'm going to throw this concert to get him locked up? I mean, that just sounds like this guy's slippery, <laughs> no, I think, man. <laughs> I think he doesn't. He didn't have anything to do with uh, this information tipping off. So it's when you, when these criminals they bought the ticket, that the the background system, the background system automatically transfer the data. Is this one concert or does he have other concerts for more criminals? Yes. It was actually 30 outlaws locked up uh -huh. banning from 10 concerts. So 10 concerts. So so it's not like all one concert 30 of them showed up. It was like it's Right. They just come, you know, a couple here, a couple wow. there. If 30 criminals in one concert, that's like a, a gang <laughs> meet up. It's not a concert. <laughs> wow. Are you sure he's not involved in that? I mean, it sounds well, like I guess I can ask might him, be corroborating with the no. police a little bit on there. <laughs> so so these criminals, they include... Sounds like it might be a dangerous concert, man. You, got no, you never oh, know who's going to show up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so for those fans, they better watch out. Next time he has a concert, you better bring your pepper spray or something <laughs> <laughs> but well some of these criminals they are not like dangerous ones because they included like scammers scalpers 
scalpers. Yeah, scalpers. Scalpers, like removing the scalp, like moving someone's. What do you mean, scalper? Oh, scalpers are the the sort of dealers. They they buy they buy out all the tickets and they sell them, resell them for a higher price. Oh, all scalpers. God, I got it. Somehow, I just my mind went somewhere else. <laughs> you were thinking about the scalp. scalps. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, Maybe I, that sounds pretty violent to me. <laughs> it's probably because of my sexy hair today. <laughs> And while some some of these criminals were also involved in petty theft or unlicensed mm, driving, mm, okay, mm. okay, got it. And it was funny that be- before his concert in Luoyang City, mm-hmm. that's a city in China, yeah. the local police they were posting on Weibo saying, "We are ready." <laughs> so it's become a thing, a culture, and even the Beijing police. Their Weibo account has forwarded another post and tagging this musician to do more concerts. Oh man! Okay, so he is involved. That's 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 messed up.、Man. Yeah, that's where he got the nickname <laughs> Kryptonite to fugitives. Oh, that's 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 wrong, man. Right, and we were talking about why it's kind of weird, right? That his music attracts outlaws. <laughs> I、right? mean, they're going out on a limb. They must know that they're wanted or they're criminals, but. They still took the risk to go to this person's concert. It's almost like they're sacrificing themselves. Like you know what? I don't care if I'm going to jail. Yeah, gonna, I have I, to. I got to hear this guy sing in person. Unbelievable. Yeah, some people were saying that it's because his lyrics are filled with this feeling, this vibe of like you have been through a lot of change. Ups and downs, you know, like emotional. Oh, he's singing to that side、yeah. of them that wants to change. Yeah, so, so it's like it's okay. Come to my concert <laughs> and be reborn. Go to jail. <laughs> yes, yeah. Some people think so. This is probably the kind of content <laughs> might re- the outlaws they might relate to. Pull your pull yourself away from the criminal world and and come back to. <laughs> you know what? I actually thought of、uh, an English song that's kind of like got this similar vibe to his music. Yeah. Let's go. Desperado, from the why Eagles. Why don't you come to your senses? <laughs> oh yeah, actually, even the lyrics rhyme. <laughs> come down from the fences and open the gate. That's the、uh, Eagles, right? Eagles, right? Desperado.、Okay. Mm, I haven't、okay. really listened to the lyrics of that song. I、mm, mean,、I've... but interesting, right? Yeah. If you go check the the information of the concerts from Eagles.、Mm. You might find out the same pattern. Interesting, but I don't think they would have caught criminals at <laughs> the Eagles concerts. You know? <laughs> right. Okay, that was a long fact. Now let's move on to the next one. So this musician, he's got a very iconic singing gesture, and some people, me included,、mm-hmm. some people might think that gesture is a little bit feminine because he would sing with his pinky finger up. Oh, okay.、Right. He would, would he bring that to his chin or to his face? Or、uh, it's not that detailed. It's just a, <laughs> a hand gesture. He could place it around anywhere. But in Chinese, we call that an lanhuaz orchid finger. It's a, a flower, you know. Orchid, oh, okay,、right? okay. Flower finger.、Huh? Yeah, flower finger.、Yeah. We call it the Doctor Evil. Where I'm from, <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Evil. <laughs> Doctor Evil. You got, dude. You have to see Austin Powers. There's a character.、Oh, yeah, tell me about there's that. A,、yeah. There's a villain in the、uh, movie where he every time he said. Something that he thought was funny, he would put his finger up to his mouth, and no one would、oh, laugh. No one would laugh at the devil, joke. <laughs> devil finger, noted. But well, we shouldn't laugh at him because、That's、later,、hilarious. later, this musician spoke about this finger gesture,、okay. and he said it's a method that he learned from Mariah Carey. <laughs> 
Really? Really? I wonder if that's true. But he said he learned from Mariah Carey to overcome the stiffness of his body during singing. Okay. okay because some, you know, some musicians they are not very expressive. They kind of like uptight on the stage. Of course, I could see that. Maybe at the beginning of their careers, I could see that. Yeah,、um, you don't really. Your body doesn't really flow with the music. Well, there's an art to singing, but there's also an art to、Dancing. the way you move your body,、yes. your stage presence, and all that. So you have to find things to do with your hands and how to move, and that way. Not just your voice sounds good, but everything is aesthetic. Yeah, too, picture the, the vision. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's you know the, putting the pinky up is is you know it's his swag. That's his swag, man. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah, it's his style. Yeah, and everybody, a lot of people know for know him for this special gesture, right? So now let's move on to the very last fact, and this is a big one. All right. In the year 1997, he took part in the writing, directing, and personally played the main character of the most successful ever Chinese Western opera show called Snow Wolf Lake. Snow Wolf Lake. Wow, sounds quite masculine. Okay, Snow Wolf Lake. Can't say I've heard of it, but he said it's a so it's a cross between Chinese theater and Western opera.、Or? It's actually I would say the genre is completely Western opera, but it's in Mandarin. Okay, it was originally created in Cantonese, but then later. Readapted and rewrote the lyrics into Mandarin. And actually, during when the opera was first created, there were 42 consecutive full house performances at the gigantic Hong Kong Coliseum. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Sounds pretty incredible. Not only is he a singer, but he's also a、uh, a stage Perform- producer and performer, Perform- right? Opera and op- yeah. yes, he he created this show.、And、yeah, yeah. Two last mini facts for you before we reveal the name. Okay. In 2019, Disney remade the live action movie of Lion King. Oh right, with Beyonce, right? Yes, and they actually invited him to do a Mandarin duet song with Beyonce of the classic Lion King song. Which one? I wonder. There's so many good、really? ones. There's.、Uh, I can't wait. Yeah, the, the beginning of that. No, <laughs> circle that. of life. Oh yeah, circle. <laughs> This is the circle of life. And then I can't wait to be king. And of course, there's Hakuna Matata. Can、right. you feel the love tonight? Yeah, it's the one. Can you feel the love tonight?、Oh, okay. Him and Beyonce, but、nice. the Mandarin version. All right. All right. right. Wow. But、of oh, course, man, of course we don't. We I, we definitely don't have that on the database. I wish we had the copyrights to that song. <laughs>、oh, Let's write an email to Disney. I know, right? Yes.、Uh, you know, I do know a star who's an actor in China, and he's also a musician. So I feel like I have someone in the back of my mind right now. Oh, yeah, confident. Yeah, yeah. I'm not confident, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I got a name to throw out there at least. Humbly、know? confident. <laughs> so, what's the name? So if I had to guess who it was based off of what you told me,、mm, I'm gonna go with Andy Lau. Andy Lau. Andy、huh. Lau. I wonder what the judges say. <laughs> so the name of this musician is 
Jackie Chung. Jackie Chung. What? Really? Yes. So he's one of the four heavenly kings of Mandarin pop. Oh, why didn't you give any of this information in the beginning? I knew that title. One of the heavenly four kings. Yeah, I know you would know this title. (laughs) Yeah, and he he's actually sold, and he sold 120 million records worldwide. And in 2009, he became the first. Cantonese Mandarin pop artists to contribute items to the hard rock franchise memorabilia. Wow, I'm so mad you didn't give any of these details. <laughs> <laughs> he, because you would know, right? Yes. Oh, man. Yes. Uh, all right, oh, all right, fine. Okay. So, I really am a little bit mad about that. <laughs> okay, so you got some songs you want to share with us today, right? Yeah, sure. So both of the two songs are the very classic ones from him, but he's got, of course, more than just two. The first one, a Danish rock band actually did an English cover of this song. Okay. The, the name of this band is kind of funny. It's called Michael's Learns to Rock. Michael Learns to Rock. Okay. Have you heard about it? I have. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So they did an English cover of this Mandarin song. It's called When Beer in Mandarin, also Goodbye Kiss in English. And goodbye, kiss will be followed by Ta Lai Ting Wo in Mandarin. And in English, it's She came to listen to my concert. Hmm, from the name, what do you feel like the story is like? Maybe a groupie. A, a groupie? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a groupie. <laughs> yeah, but this song is actually about a woman in different stages of her life. Okay. So when she was young and pretty, she came to see his concert uh, with her first love, mm. excited. And then later in her life, then she came to see the concert by herself. Okay. So this is a song. So she stuck with him through all those years and was a loyal fan. A very loyal fan. So and this he can still song. see her. He's This song is kind of letting her know that I see you and I appreciate you. Yeah, I see you among those crowds. You're wow. special. Okay, beautiful. Right, let's, let's so uh, let's check it out. Julian 就在一转眼
想要给你的思念，就像风筝断了线，飞不进你的世界，也温暖不了你的视线。我已经看见一束悲剧正上演。剧中没有喜悦，我仍然躲在你的梦里面。总在刹那间有一些了解，说过的话不可能会实现。就在一转眼，发现你的脸已经陌生，不会再像从前。我的世界开始下雪，冷得让我无法多爱一天。冷的脸，隐藏的遗憾，都那么的明显。我和你吻别，在无人的街，让风吹笑我不能拒绝。我和你吻别，在狂乱的夜，我的心等着迎接伤悲。唱会，在十七岁的初恋第一次约会，男孩为了她彻夜排队，半年的积蓄买了门票一对。我唱的他心醉，我唱的他心碎，三年的感情一封信就要收回。他记得月台汽笛声声在催，播我的歌陪着人们流泪，嘿嘿嘿，陪人们流泪。他来听我的演唱会，在二十五岁恋爱是风光明媚，男朋友背着她送人玫瑰，她不听电话，夜夜听歌不睡。我唱的他心碎，我唱的他心碎，这恋人分手后都想无所谓。和朋友一起买醉卡拉 OK， 唱我的歌陪着画面流泪，嘿嘿嘿，陪着流眼泪。
唱得到心碎，我唱得到心碎，在三十三岁，真爱那么珍贵。年轻的女孩，求她让一让位，让男人决定跟谁远走高飞。嘿嘿嘿，谁在远走高飞？我唱得他心碎，我唱得他心碎，他努力不让自己看来很累。岁月在听我们唱，无怨无悔，在掌声里唱到自己流泪，嘿嘿嘿，唱到自己流泪。That was goodbye kiss, and she came to see my concert by Jackie Chan. Wow, could definitely feel the emotion there. Yeah, the special song to your fan among the crowds. That- yeah, it's not the first time that I've heard this type of、uh, dedicated song to the fans, but this、oh, one,、mean- this one has like a certain. It's it's a bit touching. I like it.、Mm. You know. Likewise. So yeah, with that, we're going to go ahead and call it for this episode. Thank you all so much for joining us for another episode of Pop Muse. And of course, if there are any facts that we fumbled or got wrong, <laughs> be sure to send us a message, a comment, and that will definitely help us out for the show. Sure. I'm your host TJ Reed, and and this is Rinchi. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, guys. We will see you on the next episode. Stay tuned. Peace.